verse was because they were allowed to lie even if it was true. So the testimony part of not loving the law uh, is a big piece of why this is a sin. Amen? So we have something that doesn't mean it's silent? <coughs> okay. The message and the title is Bread. If you would go to me with me to Luke 4. Before I get to the verses I want to cover, I'm going to just kind of give a summary of Luke 4. It starts off by Jesus being led by the Spirit into the desert. Fasting 40 days, he was tempted of the devil. Then he goes into Nazareth, into the synagogue, which was a habit, and he read Isaiah. And he said to those that heard him read this scripture in Isaiah, This day, this is accounted as truly. And they questioned, is not this Joseph's son? And immediately after that, in verse 23, And he said unto them, He shall surely say unto me this proverb, Physician, heal thyself. Whatsoever ye have done unto Pony, do also here in thine country. And he said, Verily I say unto you, No prophet is accepted in his own country, but I tell you, of a truth, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, when great famine was throughout all the land, but unto none of them was Elijah sent, save unto Sarepta, a city of Sidon, unto a woman that was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elijah the prophet, and none of them were cleansed, saving Naaman, the Syrianite. And all of the people in the, in the synagogue, when they heard these things, were filled with wrath, and rose up and thrust him out of the city, and led him unto the brow of the hill, whereon the city was built, that they might cast him down headlong. And the Lord has asked me to lead in the healing of the Bread. Most of us are familiar that actually on this particular occasion it talks about when he was fasting. The first temptation that came was if you be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. So the question that we're looking at tonight, what kind of bread are you partaking? Are you partaking of the bread that we make bread out of stones? Are you really partaking of the bread of life? So going to some background, I see uh, examples that Jesus said unto them because he was proclaiming that today the poor get the gospel preached to them. In your hearing, the acceptable year of the Lord, all those things that have been prophesied by the Messiah, they began to question because he hadn't done in his hometown the same things that he was able to do as a prophet. Now the scripture, another verse when it talks about that scripture squarely, it talks about that he could do no mighty works because of their unbelief. It wasn't that there was lack of power in him, but sometimes we're not seeing what we desire to see, what we should see, what we should have, not because of the power of God, but because of our unbelief. So really quickly to get to the Syrianitra um, in that day, and she lived in um, Sidon. 
she was not a child of the city and district of the children of Judah. Okay, so when we talk about the spread and what they were uh, eating, the reason why they were offended because the two examples that he gave them happened to people that were not considered the chosen children of God. Think about that. If my Samuel and Tamara was not a Christian, and they were were children and was Paul's child, and now Julie was Paul's child. So part of their anguish it, it was that you're telling us that you're this, and yet you won't say us that was wonderful things that you gave us in Canaan land. So the widow, the story of the widow, if you like, and this is after Jezebel threatens him, he runs out of the field, God provides a raven to feed him a brook that he could drink from, and all of a sudden this brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came to him and said, Arise and go to Jericho. And and he was obedient. And when he came to the gate of the city is where he found this little woman, and the first thing he says to her was, can you please give me a little water? That's how it all starts. And then the scripture said, as he went to do that, he says to her, and maybe you could tell me. And she tells her story. I don't have a little bit of milk, a little bit of oil, even mentions in her confession that she plans to die. And Elijah goes back and says to her, Maybe you would cook for me. Now, now think of yourself in that situation. You're ready to take your life and die. And he says, but, but do what you said you were going to do, but let it be mine first. And because she was obedient, because she was obedient, Scripture says the barrel of milk would not run out until there had been started to rain again in the land and that the oil would be sufficient until the rain stopped. Now, Elijah did a lot of miracles, and, and that particular story is in First uh, Kings. He did a lot of miracles. So as we're talking about the widow, the question is, are, who do you really identify with? Do you identify with the widow, or do you identify with Elijah? Let's look at Naaman. Naaman, he was a shunammite. Now, Naaman... He was a man of valor and honor, and he had leprosy. And here we're talking about the prophet Elisha. And the thing that's interesting about that is that he hungered so for what Elijah had that he was willing to do all he could so that he could have a bigger portion. So he could have a bigger portion. Question. The bread that you could eat, are you doing all you need to do so that you can have the most? You know, it, it could probably be greater than that. But the, the message is to examine ourselves. Are we sometimes envious of the evildoers because they seem to have what God has promised to give to them? That, that can happen. And because of sin, sometimes we don't let God have feel like we're some sort of somewhere and we're not looking at ourselves. What are we applying? How are we applying ourselves? So with Naaman, 
also this is something you've experienced and if you haven't maybe read this story let's hear it where is the name of that where is it called beyond stranger hills so he went and he went to the king and the king was puzzled by this because uh, he says i can't make you whole i can't heal you but what i found interesting is that elias was troubled by the reaction of the king he was afraid that the king would lose his clothes and that is the reason why elias was looking for a revolver he wanted to know what's wrong with the king of the land i wonder how many of us are asking god what should we be doing if we're scared there's a problem with the king of the land he was troubled by it this wasn't what naaman expected because he was a man of honor but elias sent this servant and told him to go get in the jordan now naaman was offended he knew that the still waters other places and this prophet that samaria told him about Naaman was not a friend. He just sent his servant. But finally, he had good people around him. He had Naaman that told him about the prophet in Israel. And he had a servant that said, but if you're truly told to do something good, and how many fall in that category? If you're told to do something good, you'd be glad to do it. But if it's something that doesn't seem pleasing to you in your eyes, you're not sure if that's really where your deliverance is coming from. But, but eventually Naaman went, and he did get some encouragement from the Jordan, and he was healed of his leprosy. Now, these and keep in mind, these are the stories that Jesus is telling those that are the, the household of God. And they were offended, because the scripture in this brings up, there were many, many widows in that town. And there were many people with leprosy. But God specifically spoke to the men of God of two people that weren't part of the household of Israel. Spoke to the prophet and told him exactly what to go do and what to say that were not part of the household of Israel. So what does this have to do with us? As I was um, thinking on, the, on this particular scripture in Luke, the next scripture that came to me is the fact that when the lady wanted her daughter to be healed, Jesus said to her, this is not right because the children's bread feedeth the flesh. But she responded by saying, yea, Lord, but even the bread can help the flesh. And sometimes I wonder if the body of Christ, are we saying what we feel? Or are we really doing what we need to do on our part? scriptures tell us that if a son that lacked a father took bread, wouldn't give him a son? So are we sometimes doing the church, um, I don't even know what it is, slogan, bigger, better, maker? Or are we really walking so that we can walk in the real, the truth, the light? Not just trying to cast our seeing God in an awkward appearing but that we know that God sees everything we do and that we're living our lives to totally please him to totally please him Jesus is that living bread 
Jesus is a living God, and we know that um, God gives us his, he gives us his spirit. So it doesn't mean that why if you ask for the Holy Spirit, you're not going to get the Holy Spirit. So when you think of taking in all the bread and taking in all the Holy Spirit, Christ to offer you still in you, we would be unstoppable if we ever received the advancement of the Spirit, work together to walk in love with one another. So we would see the outpouring of John the 16th saying, Jesus is my friend. The prayers in the last days, there will be a third Friday. People ask for Jesus and they don't know. And I think that's why it's a falling away because of people not really wanting and willing to do the work of the Spirit. Um, so because over and over again, we're warned, be not weary in well-doing. And so a lot of people, the well-doing is kind of like physically changing a stone into bread as opposed to receiving bread. Uh, remember the manna coming down, everybody got enough. There was enough for everybody as long as you followed the instructions. But people didn't understand that that was bread. So Jesus desires for us to be not just saved, but delivered, to be whole, to receive all of what has already, what Jesus suffered and died for. Everything that Jesus suffered and died for, that's God's desire to give to each and every one of his children. There is a tri- there is hidden spirit, and we ought to be partaking in and making sure that others, if people saw that bread, more people would just run to receive. Amen? So in Luke 4, in the temptation, turn stones into bread if you be the son of God. And he tells us that man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the word of God. So in Luke 4, 18 through 21, it reads, and this is what he had read out of Isaiah to them. And then he told them the story from the Old Testament. And they were very angry and wroth with him. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it to the minister, and sat down. And the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. It started then in Luke before, and it's still fulfilled. Specifically, we know that Jesus came to this world to rescue the devil, and as he did, people willingly received his blessings and really partook the bread that he would freely give us as we are. Amen. But this is if you being evil, as Father, would not give us things. He knew that our Heavenly Father gave us things just because he loves us. Amen. He longs to give us the bread that is living. In Mark 16, 17 and 18, it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Remember, he didn't do any great works in, in, in his hometown because of their unbelief. And here it's saying that these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. We have authority to cast 
they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Being made whole is the key to And so the question remains, who do you identify with? The widow who naturally was doing all she could, but she was quick to be obedient to the prophet. Naaman, who was slow to believe, but eventually he was convinced to be obedient to the prophet and have it through. Elijah, who was running from Jezebel, but the brook brought him. And God gave him specific instructions how he could continue on living because I know we need bread and water. And he was obedient to what God, Aslan said, I prepare a widow. Remember, Jesus told him there were many widows in that day, but Elijah had to make a choice. The widow that God had already defined through substance was just saying, are we making our way to what God really has called us to do? Or are we like Elijah? He responded not necessarily to Naaman's need, but because what was happening to the king of the north when he heard that the king had went his close. And he came to that because here's somebody of valor from another area, and he's saying, I want you to make me whole because this, this slave girl in my home said, there is a prophet over in that land. And he believed that word, and he went to get that, what he needed to be made whole, but then when he had the instructions, he was slow to obey. The question is for each of us to answer. Will we be made whole? Are we willing to partake of the bread, have more than enough of the bread, so that we're made whole and we can make other people whole as well? And for the dying bread, it means to hear the good that God has prepared for each of us. If we ask him for bread, he will not give us a stone. Amen? God bless you. And so God bless you. Um, Pastor Kenneth.